Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Keith Perry, CIO at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. In this segment, Perry talks about how his team is leveraging technology to engage both with staff members and patients, why he believes the cloud is a business model that will sustain itself, and what he finds to be the most challenging and rewarding aspects of being a CIO. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvata, the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at Improvata.com. As far as using uh, mobile technologies, I'm sure that that's become really a lot more common, especially since, since most of your patients, as you said, do not stay overnight. So really keeping that a communication with them, I imagine it has been a priority. It is. So we, uh, we have ways to do that today because they're at our housing facilities when they're staying overnight for a campus-based organization. So if you've ever been to the St. Jude campus, it's secure perimeter. You know, you're only getting on campus if you have a business need to be here or you're a patient or a family member. And so we've, we've taken the first step in releasing a mobile application to our employee population to just kind of let them know what's happening on campus. So anything from food trucks to what's in the cafeteria to what events or seminars or conferences are happening and other ways, um, you know, to just engage our employees in what's happening on campus. And we, we started with employees because we see the need there, but we're actually moving that to our patients and their family members as well because there's a lot more things going on for them um, in terms of either engaging them in their care but also uh, letting them know what's happening in their particular facility that they're staying in. So we have special events in our target house that are only dedicated or only uh, directed to our target house families. And so we wanted a way to how do we reach out and, and provide that information as a, through mobile technology as opposed to just printing up flyers and posting them on doors. So. Right. Okay. And I imagine that it's interesting, too, when, when you're dealing with patients who are either preteens or, or teenagers who are, we know, very uh, tech-savvy. So have you seen a, a change in that as far as um, making things available to them that they can use, whether it's certain reminders or just being able to access uh, more information through their phones or computers? We have, and we've had a, uh, several conversations with them, and uh, we've got a separate patient advisory council, um, and we've been in conversations with our leadership about how do we how do we go about exposing data to uh, our patients in a more meaningful way. So mm-hmm. we we just opened three new floors in our inpatient facility, and and that is really driven by technology. So. There's a separate room that's really floor-to-ceiling, actually floor-to-half-the-ceiling immersive technology that allows our patients and their family members to just kind of engage, whether that be you know, watching a movie or um, just immersing themselves in uh, 3D technology. So that's been kind of cool uh, in addition to what we see in some of the patient rooms and just allowing them to use technology to change the lights within the rooms, um, and then the technology that kind of surrounds the, each room as well in terms of letting the caregivers know what's, who's in the room and what's happening. And so that's been cool to kind of see how technology is really playing a role in 
uh, in the future of the healthcare experience, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, from from the perspective of of your role, obviously there, there's a lot of things you already mentioned. But are there any other um, major priorities or projects that you're really looking at for the next year or so? There actually are. So I've walked through a lot of our clinical priorities. I've talked some about our research priorities in terms of the explosion of data. We see cloud as a huge potential for us um, because, again, our our goal is to not hold on to knowledge or to hold on to information that really is we're being stewards of the American people's money. Um, our goal is, is how do we create a more collaborative environment for our researchers and collaborators, which are not part of St. Jude, to run analysis and do discovery on the data that we're producing or to use our data to develop new tools uh, to advance the, the field of medicine. We're actually in the process of a pretty large campus expansion project, and and as such, that's really um, challenging us to build a new underground network in order to support the future of science. And so we're taking that opportunity just due to expansion plans, the several buildings coming down, including our current data center, to build a new data center and build a new fiber fiber ring around campus to support um, to support where we're going in the future. In addition to that, we're implementing a new patient accounting application. And uh, one of the things that that we are doing as well is really focusing on how do we continue to grow our most valuable resources, which is our talent from an IT perspective. So we've got programs in place to kind of how do we train the the future, how do we engage with um, building a pipeline of talent uh, for those coming out of college and getting them interested in healthcare IT, which I think is uh, which is a soapbox for me, but something that I think the industry does a pretty poor job at um, that we need to do a better job at. So um, we've got a, all kinds of priorities for this next fiscal year around pretty much everything that I've talked about. Right. And as far as cloud journey, so that's something where you're in the early stages at this point? We are. We already have somewhat of a cloud strategy around data. What we're trying to do is is wrap that around uh, kind of an e to create a, a St. Jude cloud um, infrastructure that would allow people to access data collaboratively as opposed to uh, the shipping and downloading and a model that you see today in a traditional research environment. Right. And are you finding that there is some hesitation still with the cloud from the users? There was initially um, because people's general perspective of, well, the cloud technology. And we've had to work through some latency issues as um, these massive data sets and get them to the cloud. But, but what we're seeing is that there's a unique business model that once you have like a pipeline uh, defined that is really just a repeatable process, that importing that to the cloud and allowing a model where your data is on the cloud and then a pipeline is running using cloud infrastructure, that that's, uh, that's a business model that we see that's going to sustain itself as opposed to uh, having a collaborator say, well, I need a copy of that data, I need a, and then I need a, a local high-performance compute environment in order to process that data. We see that there are 
there's kind of a shift to, to those repeatable processes where you can use a cloud-based infrastructure. Right. Okay. And then as, as you mentioned earlier, also working on, on some of the workflows and, and really making sure that um, everything as far as the, the, uh, the HR is, is best serving the, uh, the clinicians. So certainly a, a lot uh, on your plate at this point. Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got a lot going on and uh, we've got a really good team focusing on it. Told the team this is the kind of the year of uh, a lot of hard work starting to pay off with, uh, we've, we've got a lot of initiatives that are either planned to come to fruition in the first part of this fiscal year or towards the end of this fiscal year. So um, a, lot of, a lot of hard work has gone up to get us to this point. Great. And you've been there since summer of 2015, so about a year and a half or so? Correct. Okay. And coming from uh, MD Anderson, where you've been for, for quite a while, what was it like to, to make the adjustment? Uh, you mentioned what, what attracted you to St. Jude's, but, but were there challenges in, in going to a, a new organization and, and one focused on uh, pediatric care? I, um, you know, honestly, going going into it, I don't know if I was just naive or um, or what, but uh, or immature. I don't know what it was, but going in, I I would have answered the question differently than I do today. I think going from MD Anderson, which is such an outstanding place, with such a sense of purpose and a sense of mission, and and shifting to pediatrics, I think there is. There is a little bit of a difference in, in that you see the, the patients and the pediatric patients each and every day, whereas at Anderson, you, you were definitely grounded in a sense of purpose each and every day, but you, you didn't necessarily see a, a family sitting in the cafeteria as you're walking by, uh, either praying or just struggling with a decision or something. So that has really grounded me from that perspective. Um, I think from a transition perspective, um, it it was a lot harder. I mean, having invested 13 years of my career at Anderson and just working with such outstanding people, it was a hard decision to leave and going to an environment where you know you're basically starting over. So you're hitting reset on all those the the go-to people that you knew in an organization that could get things done and. You're having to build and uh, develop relationships. Uh, that takes time, and that's not been a challenge. It's just been something that, that I've had to focus on as being the new kid, even though I've been here for a year and a half. So, Right. And I know that you, um, you're involved in Chime and other organizations, and has that help, been helpful as far as adjusting to the new role? It absolutely has. So I've reached out to uh, many Chime uh, friends and colleagues over the last year and a half, and, and even before, it's such a great organization that's well run, um, and it gives somebody the opportunity to just kind of reach out and, hey, I've got a question, or I wanted to do a survey, I want to get some quick response on a particular item or a thing, and that's been such a wonderful blessing for somebody in, in my role that's transitioning into, that transitioned into a a new organization. Right. Okay. Um, so to, to close out, I'm going to ask <laughs> a very big question, but okay. um, just wanted to, to get your thoughts on what do you think is the most challenging part of being a CIO today? And then on the flip side, what's the most rewarding? So nice and light for you. <laughs> well, the most challenging thing, that 
I'd say the most most challenging thing is uh, having time to focus on one thing uh, or a, a small list of things. I, I think what typically happens, um, and I'll categorize um, the various CIOs I know, is we come in, you, you put your lunch pill down, and you're off to meeting after meeting, discussion after discussion, and usually those are in you know 15, 30 hour long increments. Um, and it's just having the time to step back and say, okay, here's a conversation that we had around St. Jude Global, and okay, how do we need to architect and build an IT strategy around that? Being able to do that has been challenging. And the, the flip side, and when you talk about the most rewarding, um, I, I find great joy in seeing others kind of bloom and grow in their role. And so being able to work with such a great group of people and seeing the reward of not just bringing the t some technology or some new product, but seeing people grow in their role as they do that is extremely rewarding um, and I think um, bodes really well for our future because there's some great leaders uh, out there. It's really exciting to kind of see them grow. Right. Okay. Well, that, that covers what I wanted to talk about. Really a, a lot of very interesting and, and important work being done there. So thank you so much for taking some time to talk about it. We appreciate it. No problem, Kate. I appreciate the time. Sure. Thanks again, and I hope to see you uh, at HIMSS next month. Well, sounds good. All right. Bye, Keith. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Kate. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.